Today's noisy digital first world is a challenging one for business owners. How do you get more people to know you, trust you and to respect your brand? How do you stay front of mind with your target audience as well as talked about in a positive way in the marketplace? The answer is public relations, but not as you know it. Get ready to unlock the potential of your business through the power of PR, content and digital communications. Get ready to become your own PR machine. G'day and welcome back to the Become Your Own PR Machine podcast. My name is Trevor Young and today's episode we're going to be looking at human content and taking your brand to the next level. Now, in the content game, and when I say in the content game, whether you're a marketer or a PR person uh, or you're a business owner, you're a business owner and you're creating content to support your, your brand and your business, uh, when we're focusing on our content, we, we look very much at the uh, customer's challenges and pain points, and, and rightly so, because being useful and helpful and relevant for our audience is a very good thing. But it is not the only thing. This is this type of content, I call it utility content, it provides utility, it's helpful, it's useful, is a really great place to start. But I think it's a very one-dimensional view of how entrepreneurs can leverage the power of content to grow their business. Now, again, if you've you've read any content marketing how-to guides or articles or books or whatever, usually you know there is a, a big focus around the audience and those pain points and challenges and what, what are their information gaps that uh, you might be able to address through the provision of timely and relevant information. Again, it's not wrong, but there's definitely a lot more to content marketing. Now, I come from a PR background and therefore I'm going to look at uh, content through a PR lens. Indeed, I wrote a, a full book about it. It's called Content Marketing for PR, which is all about this, um, looking at content uh, through the lens of public relations. It's not 110% different than what you might hear out there, but I really do break it down and give a more three-dimensional view of how we can mix things up with our content. In episode eight of this podcast, uh, I introduced what I call my content buckets model. And the title of that one was use this framework to keep your content efforts fresh and interesting. So my content buckets model, this was a model or a framework that I've been refining over many, many years. And it's really proven to be an invaluable tool uh, for me to help my clients um, when I'm coaching and consulting to get their head around content in a, in a, in a deeper way. Uh, and the way I do it is by categorizing the different types of business content. So by way of background, the four content buckets are Utility content, which I've just mentioned, addressing people's challenges, needs, pain points, uh, relevant to our expertise, and that's content that that is you know very useful and helpful. Then uh, leadership content, that's thought provoking content, that's bigger picture themes, uh, that's around inspiring people, challenging the way they might think about a particular topic or an issue, and it's about moving people with your ideas. There's human content, and that's taking people behind the public face of your business or organisation, or if if you're an individual, you're a personal brand, uh, to showing your more personal side of your professional life, and uh, also around telling other people's stories, employees, partners, etc. 
And then there's branded content, which is more your chest beating content, I guess. You've got award wins, company news, product launches, new highs, uh, plus anything with a promotional, a heavy promotional CTA, call to action. So book here, download this, registrate, uh, registrate, register for this event, et cetera, et cetera. I often, when I talk about the four content buckets, I will emphasize the importance of balancing these four types of contents or these four buckets of content as this helps keep things fresh and interesting for audience, not just audiences, but yourself as well. Uh, while at the same time maintaining a focus on promoting your insights and ideas and expertise and your business uh, brand generally. Also in that that episode, um, number eight, where I did look at the four buckets, uh, I also did explain that the promotional branded content should ideally make up between 10 and 20% of total output with a mix of useful information, thought-provoking ideas, personal stories, uh, making up the rest. So um, just because I've got promotional uh, branded content in there doesn't mean that's all you do. Um, it should be the smallest uh, probably percentage of the four buckets. Now, as I already mentioned, uh, many businesses create utility content. That's that's not news, and it's a it's a you know a good place to start. Uh, is a good reason for doing that because no one ever went wrong being useful and helpful. But if we look at using our this content buckets model as a guide, I see there are two areas that ambitious uh, solopreneurs and owners of fast-growth businesses can leverage today in order to get the edge on their competitors. So there's leadership content. I've I've covered that uh, leadership content in the last episode of this podcast. Uh, that was episode number nine. The title of that was How Leadership Content Can Help Differentiate Your Brand in the Marketplace. Just recapping the two areas that I think that uh, ambitious entrepreneurs should be looking at is leadership content and human content. Now, uh, leadership content, let, just, just give me a, a five seconds to give a, a quick overview of that. Leadership content has the power uh, to not only differentiate your brand in the marketplace, which is really important and really hard to do today, but also significantly build your visibility, reputation and trust. Now, this is the, the sort of content that people share and talk about. You know, exponents of this type of content tend to grow their audiences uh, probably more so than anyone who's just focused on the utility content. Not all the time, but but often. I think it's best when it's put through the lens of a PR um, PR thinking because I think thought leadership really is a uh, falls under a PR remit when done properly. And so, if you want to think about who does leadership content well. Think of some high-profile people, people like Seth Godin, of course. I think he's the poster child of it. Chris Doe from The Future, F-U-T-U-R. Wes Kao, she was the co-founder of maven.com. She's got a great article called Spiky Point of View, uh, which is very much around having a spiky point of view, which is also uh, very very critical or or underpins um, leadership content. Joanna Penn uh, from The Creative Pen. I speak about Joanna a lot. She is very much uh, a leading thinker when it comes to uh, self-publishing, being an author, entrepreneur, and and she's right up to date with the technology of all that, particularly around AI. And there's a guy called David Hyatt, H-I-E-A-T-T. He runs the Do Lectures, and also runs a clothing company out of Wales called Hyatt, H-I-U-T, Hyatt Denim. 
Uh, he's great on LinkedIn and, you know, telling stories and pushing pushing our buttons uh, when it comes to running a business. And really, you know, some of his stuff really gets you thinking. So that's really good leadership content. Now, a lot of the content that Seth, Chris, Joanna, uh, Wes, um, David, it's thought-provoking. They have the ability to maybe change the way we think through their ideas and their insights and their experiences. So I covered, as I said, I covered leadership content uh, on this podcast in the last episode, episode number nine. Now, the second big opportunity, so remember we had the four buckets, utility, leadership, human, and branded content. So utility, we've ticked that off. Leadership, we've just ticked that off now. This episode, I really want to dive deep into human content because that's where I see a massive opportunity uh, for brands, again, business brands, personal brands, to change perceptions of themselves, to show people another side of themselves, to um, to differentiate you know, their brand in the marketplace, which is really, really important. Human content basically is about injecting humanity into what you publish online with a view to building trust and relatability with your audience. Now, this has always been important. Let's face it, you know, being relatable uh, and accessible and building trust with an audience has always been important, but it's especially the case now since the advent of social media. And and particularly, particularly now, you know, we have an ever-increasing proliferation of AI and it's this is not going away. So as we get more AI-generated content, well, this is why it's going to be more important than ever to show your face and, you know, to be human because people do business with people, not logos. So let's see your people. Okay, so if human content is about injecting humanity into what we publish online, how does that work? Personally, I think this is something that we should all strive uh, to do across all the content we create. But in the reality is it can sometimes be a little difficult to do, if not always practical. So if we look at uh, producing a white paper, for example, on a really serious, detailed topic, um, you know, it's probably best to focus on making it the best you possibly can. Although there's a part of me that will argue there are ways and means of injecting humanity into most content, even a little bit, even into these serious topics, even if it's, you know, using video to show the experts uh, who are writing the content and get them to explain it more. So, uh, you know, I'm very cognizant there's sometimes when it needs to be a little dry if it's technical or it's a serious topic, but there's another part of me that says, yeah, but how can we just inject a little bit more humanity into that content. So this is why I choose to focus on human content as its own category, because if we look at it as its own category and a business entrepreneur then says, well, uh, yeah, I'm doing white papers and stuff, but you know, I'm struggling to humanize that content. If we look at it as its own content category, it gives us the opportunity to rethink and reframe how we would approach it. Um, and therefore, we put some effort into thinking that and, you know, it becomes part of our, hopefully, our content uh, creation DNA. So hopefully, this will get some attention with a, a few of you who like um, this concept and maybe go out and experiment a little bit, because I think the human content side of things is a little bit experimental as well. So 
I also want to highlight the fact that this is not an exact science, but I can assure you that throwing some human content into the mix will really help differentiate your brand in the marketplace because no one can replicate you uh, and the people who work for your business if you are employing people. And the the key thing is, and I've used the word before, but it helps you make you more relatable with your clients and your customers and and, the broader community in which you operate. So if you're an entrepreneur or a thought leader, i.e. a personal brand and your business is based off the back of your profile and reputation, the more human content you produce, the better, I think, as it really ups the, uh, the relatability stakes and builds greater connection and therefore hopefully trust with your audience. As a high-profile Californian trial lawyer, Mitch Jackson once told me, all else being equal, the most human professional wins nine times out of ten. Now, Mitch has long been a a real staunch advocate for for capturing in-the-moment videos and photos of his life outside the office and then publishing it on the various social channels. So what this does, and Mitch has done this over a long period of time from the early days of social media, what this does is make Mitch accessible and relatable as a person and a professional. Again, this is critical in today's social age where people do business with people they like, they trust, they respect, and nowhere is that more important than in, in a professional services uh, industry. Okay, so let's break it down. Human content is all about, here's some ideas just to get you thinking. A, shining the spotlight on your team members, your partners, your collaborators and customers. Um, You know, looking at how, you know, you can use your platform, uh, your social channels, your blog, your podcast to share the spotlight on other people and collaborate. Um, and let's hear their stories. Telling personal stories is, is, is critical. Look, at, look inwards first. Why did you start your business in the first place? Uh, what are some hard-earned lessons you've learned along the way? Um, it reminds me of a, a great blog post by Mark Schaefer, who is a true thought leader in the, in the marketing space. And, and you know, he wrote, once wrote a blog post on all the ways that he fails in life uh, every day. And, and it's quite vulnerable. And I think, you know, a lot of uh, human content uh, has that vulnerability because that's what we gravitate to. Um, number C is publishing behind the scenes photos or videos. Uh, individuals in particular, people, again, if you're the personal brand, then you are the business. Um, you can do this a lot more effectively, uh, potentially, than those in you know, running large corporations. But um, the, the same thinking applies whether you're a solopreneur or you're running a you know a growing business and employing people. Just sharing photos and videos on social media that provide glimpses of what goes on behind the scenes uh, of your professional life or your business. For example, here's some examples. You know, a pic of you grappling with the construction of an IKEA bookcase to to be filled with books and used as a backdrop for your Zoom calls. A photo of uh, the view of out of the window from your home office. A real time video of the audience at the event where you're about to deliver a presentation. Maybe some happy snaps from interstate or international business trips that you go on. Uh, Steve Vallis, who's the founder of Blockchain APAC, he's fantastic at doing this because he's always traveling. He's always out there uh, generating conversation with many, many stakeholders in the blockchain arena. 
and he's forever on social media, on LinkedIn, showing himself being out and about. And the engagement on those posts is fantastic. Now, Steve is also a true thought leader in his space, and he he does um, do publish posts that are very thought-provoking and forward-thinking, but he balances that up with these human content, this you know, happy snaps of where he is. And uh, it, it certainly sends a lot of messages to the person who is looking at them saying, well, geez, he's out and about and doing stuff and he's meeting with these people and all of that. And it's not done in a chest beating way. That's the key. So I advise you to go and check out Steve Vallis, V-A-L-L-A-S, uh, who is the founder and CEO of Blockchain APAC, and check out some of his posts. The whole thing is about bringing people along for the journey. And one example I like, I love how uh, Becky O'Kell and Hugh Thomas, they're the founders of Painter Jacket. If you want to check it out, it's Painter Jacket, P-A-Y-N-T-E-R, how they go about their business. And they really get the power of human content. Now, Becky and Hugh, um, they what they do is they take uh, iconic jacket styles and then remake them using the best materials that they can find. And I'll just uh, give you a bit of a grab from their website so you can get a bit of a feel uh, for what they do and how that you know their philosophy and how they go about it. And then I'll just give you a couple of examples. Um, this is easy to see if you can watch their videos, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain, um, uh, I'll try and explain uh, in detail what they do so you can get a feel for the how they approach their human content. So this is from their website. All of our jackets are made to order in limited edition batches just four times a year. It's our way of making sure we create no waste. Each jacket we make is designed by us in East London before it gets made by a small family-run factory in northern Portugal. Each one is hand-numbered in the order. It's sold. Illustrated labels on the inside tell the story of that batch, plus details that most brands would cut out. Now, this is me talking. (laughs) Uh, This approach, what I'd call an artisan approach to business, extends through to their content and communications efforts as well, uh, which I think are very human. And again, the word I'm going to use is relatable. So some examples of that, when they are released one batch, and remember, again, they do limited uh, quantities of uh, these jackets that they sell, and they they now starting to sell shirts and other things as well. Uh, People have to go live uh, to pre-order. And so what they did was that they recorded and shared a behind-the-scenes video. Now, this is not just any behind-the-scenes video. This was this was set up in their living room, but also they had the live website analytics too. So as people came online to put in their orders, and it was pretty raw and uncut, but it was very, very real. And, and that's what we gravitate to. Becky and Hugh get this. A um, couple of things that they do is, um, you know, when they do a photo shoot of their products, they do a behind the scenes of the of the product photo shoots, which I really like. And the other thing is, and it was just today, it was just today uh, I subscribed to their newsletter and they published a story naming their company. Um, how did they get, come up with the name Painter Jacket? And it's actually named after a photographer they admire. So this sort of human personal story is great. But just going back to behind the scenes, um, because um, a lot of these jackets, you know, they're, 
they're they're made to order. There's not many of them. They're limited edition. And, you know, the way they go about their business is different than fast fashion. They actually do take people behind the scenes of the manufacturing process. And this way, customers can see their jacket being made each step along the way. So I love this. Lifting the lid, taking people behind the velvet rope, behind the curtain, uh, behind the public face of the brand and the business, however you choose to do it. It's a very, very, very powerful content uh, format. You could say a tool, a, a way to to get people to know you and trust you more. Uh, Instagram is a, is a really great channel through which to publish human content. It really lends itself, I guess, to people orientated um, posts, behind the scenes, photos and videos, etc. Someone who does this really well is a guy called Ted Rubin. He's a professional speaker and a chief marketing officer. If you look at Ted Rubin's Instagram account, there's some great examples of him being out and about. But it's not just for, you know, some people do it really well on Twitter, some do it really great on, on LinkedIn. For example, Joyce Ong, who's the the founder of Tax Nuggets Academy. Uh, this is a professional training platform for accountants. She is terrific at giving her growing audience a glimpse behind the velvet rope of, of her um, venture capital-backed business. And so it is a startup, but it's really gathering pace. Um, she's raised some funds and she's always letting us in on the behind-the-scenes stories and where she is and what she's doing. And, and she even shares how the business is going from a, from a financial point of view. So uh, that radical transparency is really good. And, it, and again, it comes with a, uh, a shot of humanity that most companies, most businesses, most entrepreneurs do not do. So therefore, if you do do it, you're going to stand out as well. And people, the right people will gravitate to that. So again, we, we look at social media is great, but you can do it obviously on, on you know, in your YouTube videos. Um, if you've written an article and it's on a, you know, a contentious topic, let's do a video of, you know, the author explaining it and unpacking and adding some more value and ideas and insights and stories uh, on a YouTube video and then embed that in the actual article. That's a really good way of doing it as well. And I think podcasting, again, is great because if you're interviewing others and uh, other experts and shining the spotlight on other people and, and telling their stories, again, this is great human content. Again, we we gravitate to people's stories and uh, we like seeing what's behind the public face of a company. I also include under the human content banner anything that features your your customers and clients, uh, staff or partners. Many businesses will interview customers for testimonials. But then I think, why stop there? Why don't, I go, why don't I go much deeper and shine the spotlight on on, on them, on your customers and, and others in your community and, and use your platform to tell their stories? I always say that if, you know, I've got clients and I say, oh, we've just got this great um, testimonial, you know, uh, we're going to do this great testimonial from a client and they're a long-time client and, they, you know, we're going to go down and shoot them on video. I say, fantastic, fantastic, that's great. Get the testimonial first, get that out of the road and then go deep into their story because the testimonial is important and it works by itself and, of course, it's sort of bottom of the funnel and validation for uh, other prospects and potential clients. But the story is the thing that's really going to bring it to life. So don't necessarily mix up the testimonial and their story. Get the testimonial, get it 
you know, that really pumps your tyres. But then them telling their story, what's their business like, if it's a B2B sort of thing, um, what do they do and give them a chance to shine, but also open the door for them to talk about why, what, you know, the problem that they had and, and how your your um, your product or service uh, did did the job for them and and hence they're happy to tell the world about it. Very, very, very powerful, very powerful. There's a, there's a number of companies that do this quite well. REI Co-op uh, is a US outdoor gear company. I haven't looked at their website for a while, but they had these, uh, they called a Gear I Hold Dear series and it's a page on its website where just their stories that are highlighted are written by members in our videos, written by members about their favourite item of outdoor gear. So again, it's an emotional thing, it's human, it's their story. And Ernie Ball Music Man, it's an instruments maker. Um, they actively promote the musicians who use its products. So I love that when a company's big enough and they've got a lot of um, a lot of uh, passionate customers who let's tell their stories. And uh, and you know, because if people are interested in music or outdoor, they're going to be interested in these sorts of stories, which is perfect for the brand. Um, they don't need to beat their chest; they just need to be the vessel, <laughs> the vehicle to promote these other people's, their customers' stories. Behind the scenes, I think, is something that uh, is is a little bit hard for businesses, given that. You know, they, they they want to keep everything behind the four walls and buttoned up and they don't want to show the world. But, you know, that was pre-social media. And, you know, having been in, in and around social media and Twitter and all of that from the very early days and to see when the leading companies or the first movers, the they uh, they were doing it. They were using these tools and these channels to to show a little bit of themselves. And now, we you know, there's no shortage of, of uh, business entrepreneurs who are taking people along for the journey. But, um, you know, when I look at human content, I think it does provide that opportunity for people to to go behind the velvet rope of your business. And this uh, helps build engagement and trust with your, not just your customers, but also maybe your partners and stakeholders as well. And and the reason for this is because we like dealing with real people, not faceless businesses. Um, we don't want to deal with a faceless business or organisation. We want to deal with its people. So let's see them. Featuring your people in your content will help humanise your brand and make it more relatable to the public. I don't get, I do not get why so many companies, so many businesses still just use stock photos. Show your real people. It's, it's just makes sense. Let's, let me tell you another example. Uh, this one's a client of mine, uh, and it's a really great example, a, a real-life example, <laughs> has to be a real-life example, of a company that takes people behind the scenes. It's called the PhysioCo. It's one of Australia's uh, biggest physio uh, networks, mobile physio networks, that specialises just uh, in, in working with seniors, Aussie seniors. And uh, the PhysioCo, or TPC as it's known, what they do is they produce an annual culture book and this gives readers um, a grasp of what makes the company tick. Now, clearly, they do it for uh, their staff. They, you know, they've got quite a large company, so for their staff and prospective prospective uh, employees. But it's also public; anyone can go and get it. And so, if you want to see how that company ticks and and all things around it, around their culture and the people in it and all of that, it's all out there. It's in a free downloadable. Um, a free downloadable uh, culture book um, that you can get from their website. So 
Again, why is this important? Because people do business with people, not logos. And so the more we can humanize our business through our content, the better. Now, as I said right from the outset, if we can inject some humanity in or into a lot of the content we do, and that's we just do it as a matter of course and it becomes part of our DNA, that's, that's really good. But I also understand that that might take a fair bit of time to put into practice, particularly if you're a bigger organisation, much easier if you're smaller. But if you look at it, okay, we want to do you know, our utility content, which we're good at doing. We want to start pushing into leadership content and maybe you know our internal... Um, experts and thought leaders internally and the, the you know the CEO we might give them the role of uh, doing that we're going to do some branded content because we need some calls to action for people to download our stuff and subscribe to our newsletter and buy this new product or whatever it is we're going to do that but make sure that there's a block of human content and I'm not going to give you a percentage I don't think it needs to be massive Um, If you're going to do some really great human content and some selfies and show people behind the scenes and some fun stories and all that, it doesn't need to be a a big proportion. In fact, it probably shouldn't be a big proportion of your content. Now, I know that when you do that sort of stuff, it often works, goes really, really well on, on, on likes of LinkedIn. And I've done that with clients and we've seen how they get a real big bump when they do that more human content. But you don't, it, just because it works doesn't mean you want to do that all the time. Uh, using it sparingly, using it strategically, but using it authentically and publishing that, you know, that, that behind the scenes content is the way to go. Um, and I think, you know, for businesses and professionals who, you know, again, if you are running the business, you're the CEO or, you know, you are the business and it's a, you're a solopreneur, you know, peeling off some layers and showing a bit about you, of yourself uh, not in an overly showy, chest-beating way, but but you know, in a in a genuine and authentic way, this can be really effective in building a, a sense of connection with potential clients and customers. And as we always say, it's not just about clients and customers, but the people who influence them. And let's not forget your own employees and partners uh, if you're a, a growing company who does employ people. So my question challenge to you is: Why not make human content, a strategic part of your content marketing for PR efforts. My name is Trevor Young. Uh, I'd love to catch up with you on the socials. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so let's please catch up there. Um, If you like this episode and you haven't subscribed, you just um, lucked upon it somewhere and you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. And uh, yeah, join the conversation uh, online with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter, so you can catch up with me at Trevor Young there. I'm easy to find. And also, if you go to becomeyourownprmachine.com, you can sign up for our newsletter and we can, um, you know, I'll I'll let you know when we've got um, new episodes of this podcast. Plus, I'm always putting out new tips and hints and Uh, insights around all things uh, PR and how you can develop your own PR mindset and become your own PR machine Uh, until until next um, next episode good luck with your projects